Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Secret Sales Sauce Podcast, podcast where we take business owners, CEOs, people who manage and support salespeople, six questions, nine minutes, because if you don't give salespeople a time limit, they just won't shut up. So here we go. Question number one, in a couple of sentences, tell me who you are and what do you do? All right, Bob, I'm Paul Sokol and I am a specialist in automation and advertising and specifically with a focus on in-person event promotion and marketing. Perfect. Question number two, what's the best thing about being in sales? The best thing about being in sales is the, for me, it's the thrill of the hunt. It really is like chasing down a zebra or a lion or something back in the day and, and making that kill. Although Absolutely. Love people though. <laughs> yep. Helping, you loving people and killing things. Exactly. There we go. Question number three, what part of sales and prospecting do you find most challenging? For me, the most challenging part is finding qualified leads, people that actually have you know, the, the budgets necessary and the authority to spend it. Yeah, again, top of the funnel. It's tough to get people in the top of the funnel there. So question number four, what other CEOs, business owners, people who manage to support salespeople that you know that you think be a great guest for a secret sales sauce podcast? So the number one guy that comes to mind is a guy called Wes Schaefer. Uh, he's known as the sales whisperer and I've been friends with him for years and I can say he's definitely one of the top guys in his field and knows what he's talking about. Perfect. Perfect. I will look him up. Let's get to question. Actually. Ooh, look, you're ahead of schedule. You have seven minutes and 45 <laughs> seconds left. Question number right. five, give everyone a sample of your secret sales sauce. All right. So for me, the secret sales sauce is the, is the follow-up. The money is in the follow-up. And in order to do that correctly, you want to make sure that you have a meaningful sales pipeline put together. So it's not just the tool that you're using to manage your pipeline. That's really inconsequential. It's really understanding the meaningful milestones in your sales process. And I, I see a lot of people getting hung up there and they're concerning themselves with the ground level actions and not really paying attention to the 10,000 foot milestones in the process. And so when I'm working with people, I, I use the analogy of a set of stairs where every single stair is a meaningful step in the sales process right. and helping people extract that and get clear about what is the next major milestone and basically pushing to that and then following up relentlessly around that until you either have a yes or a no. Perfect. Perfect. I love it there. So let's get to question number six. Most important question of the podcast, Paul. <laughs> Tell me about your first time, your first sale. So my very first sale was in college. I sold Cutco knives. I was an electrical engineering major and I got recruited and I knew nothing about sales. And so my first sale was to my best friend's mom in her kitchen selling knives. And I followed the clothes word for word like they taught us. They made us rehearse it and practice it. And coming from a theater background, because I was a drama nerd in high school, I really took to that. I'm like, okay, this is my script. This is what I want to perform. And dang it, if that didn't work. And I asked for the order and they're like, yeah. And of course, you know, 18, 19 year old me is like, wow, this is crazy. I just sold a $800, $900 set of knives just by going over this script. And so that was, uh, it wasn't until years later that I really understood psychologically what was actually happening in that script. And I had much more appreciation for how well designed and engineered it is. So if you're a young person out there and you really want to learn sales seriously, even if you're an older person and, and you're down for the challenge, go sell Cutco, go sell knives in people's homes, learn how to close, learn how to get referrals, learn how to call and book appointments. And that's going to be a highly valuable skill that works for you for the rest of your life. 
Absolutely. I love it. There's a Paul. You have five minutes and 14 seconds left. This is promo time. Ask me a question. Talk about the weather. Go. Alrighty then. So promo time, our business is B pro. And as I mentioned, we specialize in in-person event marketing and promotion here. So if you're interested to learn a little bit more about what we do, you can go to bpro.events, B-E-P-R-O.events. That's our website. And right now we have a free video guide available for people to learn how to do what we call as the social post triple play, which is something you can do uh, mainly on Facebook. You can do it on other channels, but the main thing is you learn how to schedule a post, how to set it to expire, and then also how to actually target to the newsfeed, which a lot of people don't know you can, you can do those things. And it's a free, it's free, it's available out of the box with Facebook. And so that's why we created this video guide. Um, and other than that, what questions do you have for me, Bob? What, what would anything, any you got, you got the questions? questions. We're done. I'm done with the questions there. So that part there. Okay. So that was super quick. Then I guess I'll go ahead and drop a couple of uh, some advertising bits on here. And then sure. you let me know when we're, when we're getting close to time. So yeah. whenever you're doing any kind of advertising, there's really three things that you must be abundantly clear on in order to have any chance of success. And if it helps, think of the acronym OAC. O-A-C. You need to make sure that you're clear on what your objectives are. Mm-hmm. You need to be really clear on who your audience is. And then you want to be clear on your creative OAC. And so when it comes to audiences, there's a lot of one trick pony types out there where they'll just use one type of targeting here. And so what I want to do is I want to share the four main types of targeting that exist that are platform agnostic. It doesn't matter what platform you're using. It's, it's going to exist in some form or fashion. So the first type of audience is the owned audiences. This is data that you own. This is your customer list, your list of emails, phone numbers. It's your website traffic. These are your owned audiences. And so you can upload those into Facebook, upload them into Google, upload them into into LinkedIn. Most platforms have the ability to use owned audiences. The second type of audience is the platform-based audiences where you're using the bells and whistles that come with the platform itself. So for example, on Facebook, you can make an audience of people that have viewed a video. You can make an audience of people that have responded to an event, an audience of people that have engaged with your pages. And so these are specific to the platform and they can be highly valuable. So you have your owned audiences, your platformed audiences. The third type of audience is your similar audiences. And it's actually called similar audiences in Google on Fa- and LinkedIn. They just released similar audiences last year on Facebook. These are called lookalike audiences. This is also where your competitors come into play as well. So if you are a hamburger joint, you could target people that like McDonald's and Burger King and those kinds of things. And those would be your, your similar audiences. And then the fourth type of audience is the data-based audience, which is where you're just taking scoops into the data that is provided by the system. So on Google, this is where you're pulling keywords or interests. Uh, Or if you're on Facebook, this is where you're saying, I want to find small business owners and they're interested in live music whatever the case is. So when you're advertising, you don't want to just rely on one particular type of audience to have the best chance of success. You really want to use a healthy mix of your owned audiences, the platforms, similars, and the database ones. And then that casts a really wide net. And if you've done your target market research right, you should have some decent success, at least with your targeting. And then it's all based on how well your creative resonates and speaks to your target audience. How are we doing on time? Oh, we got one minute and 22 seconds left, but we can end early if you want. 
Uh, let's see. I'll go ahead and share one more awesome thing uh, with regards to Facebook audiences, actually two kinds of things. So when it comes to event promotions, you can run event response ads, and these are designed to get people to respond to your event, but that's only half the battle. Most people don't know that you can remarket to event responders. So even if someone responds to your event, you still need to sell the ticket. You still need to get them to RSVP if it's a free thing. So once people respond to your event, you can have a second wave of ads that are remarketing people who have responded that is saying, okay, now go buy your ticket or go RSVP here. And it works like gangbusters. And I don't see a lot of people using interesting, that. Interesting, interesting. Mm -hmm. Awesome there. You pulled it off. Six questions, nine Ooh. minutes, because if you don't give salespeople a time limit, they won't shut up. Say your website for me. The website is bpro.events, B-E-P-R-O dot E-V-E-N-T-S. It's already in the description. So Paul, thank you so much for being on. Tip of the hat to you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Bob. You're welcome. And everyone else who's been uh, watching, make sure you check out more episodes of the Secret Sales Sauce Podcast. My name is Bob Clark. You all have a wonderful day. Talk to you later. Bye.